Now, tomorrow is Halloween, and I remember the last time that Halloween took place on a Sunday. Well, it was cut, actually, it was more than the last time. It was several years ago, and I came onto this stage in flippers and a wetsuit and goggles. Now, that's all kinds of fun, but I'll tell you, when I was sitting there, I had all kinds of anxiety about getting up on the stage in that outfit. All the mental chatter in my head, you know. I thought it was a great idea, but then when I was sitting here in flippers and a wetsuit, oh my God, the courage that I had to drum up. And in my mind, I was going, what will they think? Or um, will some people disapprove? Or maybe they brought a guest or it's their first time. And I thought, oh my God. They, or maybe some of the members are just going to say, this is confirmation <laughs> of just how crazy he is. And all of this was going through my head at the time. But you know, when I think about it, really, there are all kinds of costumes that I put on mentally, metaphorically, to fit in in the world, you know. And I put them on without hesitation. No worry about it at all because I'm busy managing other people and how they think of me. Uh, you know, dress this way, speak this way, show up this way, go there. And they turn out to be disguises of my real self. And I put them on to fit in. And then I came to the Center for Spiritual Living <laughs> and where I learned that this creative power, this magnificent power called life, creates each one of us to be unique just the way that we are. So I learned through that to be a little more comfortable just being me. Oh, what a relief. Mostly. <laughs> Isn't it an ongoing journey? Because there are other things we put on, like those masks we wear to cover up what's really going on, to protect ourselves so others can't see what's going on inside. You know, one of the things I do when I'm embarrassed is I make a joke and I act silly. And I've been thinking about it because I would rather have you laugh at the silly thing I do than at me. Isn't that crazy? And again, I learned at the Center for Spiritual Living, it's not really necessary to do that because we're all going through the same stuff at one point or the other. We're all facing life in its mystery all the time. And there's a love in us. We have a love inside of us that we can use to support each other as we're going through the difficulties of life and we can help each other make it through the ups and downs. It's that love that helps us. It's not the masks. It's not the disguises. It's not the pretense. That's not what we get all warm and fuzzy about. It's the real authentic person inside that we respond to that inspires us. Lawrence Kushner, he wrote a book, Honey from um, the Rock. It's about Jewish mysticism, and it has a poem in it about us. Some seem to be born with a nearly completed puzzle, and so it goes. Souls going this way and that, trying to assemble the myriad parts. But know this, no one has within themselves 
all the pieces to their puzzle. Like before the days when they used to seal jigsaw puzzles in cellophane, ensuring that all the pieces are there, everyone carries with them at least one and probably many pieces to someone else's puzzle. Sometimes they know it. Sometimes they don't. And when you present your piece, which is worthless to you, to another, whether you know it or not, whether they know it or not, you are a messenger of the Most High. I love that. I love that. Something to consider that you, that me, you and I, we are messengers of life. Call it the Most High if you want to. The way you are when you drop everything is important and valuable and needed. Maybe not to everyone. <laughs> Maybe not all of the time. But I know this. You and I are not here to act like something that we're not. You're here to be your true self. The question is, of course, what is your true self? <laughs> well, at the center we learn that your true self is that part of you that remains when you strip everything else away. All the drama, all the maneuvering, all of the computations, all of the control, all of the grappling, all of the pretense, all of the masks. And then what is left behind is this tender, imperfect, innocent, lovely part of you that knows how to be kind and compassionate. That part of you that sees and understands other people's pain. Your true self is not perfect like Facebook perfect. It's perfect in the sense of being real and whole and raw. And from that, that realness, from that, that is where your message of love comes that imparts hope and help to the world. Another question then, what is your message? <laughs> I think your message, my message, is what comes out in those moments when we're hardly thinking about it because we have no pretense. You know, moments of authentic, unguarded showing up. No pretense. Nothing to prove. Nothing to gain. Nothing to control, nothing to manipulate. You might not even be aware of it when it's happening. It could be something that happens so naturally through you when you are loving your children or your grandchildren or your parents or your best friends. It could be that change that you make in the life of a co-worker when you helped out because they were having a hard tough, but you didn't really have the time to do it, and you're not that close to them anyway. 
or it could be the support you offer a neighbor when you notice that they're struggling with something like grief or isolation or sadness or whatever it is, and you spend a moment at the gate talking about nothing in particular to make the human connection. Or it could be in a moment when you drop everything and do what needs to be done for the greater good. You know, like the dozens of civilians on the side of the road in Seoul, Korea, performing CPR on the people who were crushed in the tragic Halloween party, the stampede. Our real self helps, cares, shares, loves, connects, creates, solves, forgives. I received a, a note a while ago from a man who thanked me for the kindness with which I treated him and his family when they got into a lot of trouble. I mean, things got bad, and they took a nasty turn, and it was messy, and the police were involved, and I had to roll up my sleeves and just get in there and help. In the note, he said that I made the difference for him and his family between giving up and going on. And when I read the note, I thought to myself, to me, I wasn't doing anything special. I mean, I kind of felt awkward and unskilled and not good enough. I didn't know what I was doing or what the right thing was to do, but I showed up. I wasn't putting on a show. I wasn't trying to be something larger than what I am. But I, and I remembered I didn't have to think about it a whole lot because some part of me knew that it was the decent thing to do. It was just one human being being there for another human being. You know, perhaps the day after Halloween should be a holiday too, when the costumes come off. Maybe it should be a sacred holiday with the social or spiritual experiment of trying to live for just one day without pretense, without a costume, without a mask. <laughs> a day to bring our loving, kind selves out into the open and to live from the awareness that we carry with us a piece of the puzzle. I never grew up with Halloween when I was born in South Africa. Maybe that's why it's one of my favorite holidays, because I, I don't have any history. I don't know what it's supposed to be. I mean, I've got no luggage, no obligations, no expectations. So I get to make the whole thing up or not. And then I discovered that's what everybody's doing anyway. <laughs> so I looked it up. What is Halloween? <laughs> Here's a quote on the web. Halloween has become one of the most important and widely celebrated festivals on the contemporary American calendar. And it is not even officially a holiday. How about that? Who knew? No day off is given for Halloween. No federal decree is proclaimed establishing it as a national holiday. People just simply do it. Isn't that amazing? 
I love that. Because in it is the reminder for me, make it mean what you want it to mean. Make the best of it or not. Participate or don't. Such freedom. And that's a life lesson. You know, there are parts of, part, not all of life, there are parts of life that are like that. Participate or don't. Make it mean something or don't. Make the best of it or don't. My grandmother taught that to me, you know. I remember a time I was complaining to her bitterly about the difficulty and the unfairness of growing up with a special needs brother who took all of the time, all the time in the world. I felt like my childhood was stolen away from me, and I felt guilty complaining about wanting a new pair of shoes that we couldn't afford because all of our resources went to his care, and I was feeling generally fed up with a life that I felt that I didn't have any choice in. And I remember her, her advice to me was, Edward, make the best of it. And then she followed up and said, we'll make the best of it together. And in that one kind-hearted sentence she taught me, number one, the importance of acknowledging when times are hard and not glossing over it. Number two, the importance of sticking together during it. And number three, to make something meaningful out of whatever life presents. And as I speak this, I, I can't help but think of the women in Iran right now who are demonstrating, protesting, to be able to have the freedom to decide for themselves whether to wear a hijab. They're protesting the strict control over their appearance, over their conduct, over their travel, over their dress, over their lives. And these demonstrations have become, well, they are a direct challenge to oppression, and worldwide they've become a symbol of that inner life that cannot be controlled, that wants to be free. And they are an example of what it means to stand up together for human dignity. They've become an inspiration for women around the world to not put up with it. Tragically, more than 200 people have lost their lives in these demonstrations. So I bring that into my heart today as well and into my awareness. Today I have a special message also for our online viewers. I heard Julie welcoming them earlier and welcoming you, I must say, because my message to our online viewers is, I miss you. <laughs> Thank you. You know, one thing I love about Halloween is that it interrupts business as usual. It disrupts it with silliness if you want, if you let it. And if you let it, then normal life can be paused for a moment so that we can see the world through a different filter. Now, I mentioned that because this has become very important in our Zoom world. 
It's very important to take a break from isolation. It's very important to take a break from the new habits we have developed. And those habits include spending a tremendous amount of time behind a screen. We hardly need to leave home anymore. <laughs> Another member wrote to me and said, Edward, you've made it too easy for me. You've made it too easy for me to stay at home and watch service in my pajamas. Thank you, video teams. Thank you for that. <laughs> and she said, you know, just like the member who wrote a, a week ago to me, she, she said the same thing. She said, I want to come. But then when the moment arrives, I can't break the habit. So I've got to pause and say, look, everybody at their own time and pace. There's no one size fits all, you know. Because especially if you've got a solid health reason why it's not safe and you should stay at home, then good. Listen to that. But I must warn you. When you do come, you're going to get all of those squishy, wonderful, beautiful feelings of connection and love. Like the first time you fell in love with the beautiful people of the Center for Spiritual Living. And you might even cry. This member said to me, I need to break out of my routine. And I said, I agree. <laughs> it made me think about going to the gym when I don't want to. It's always hard, <laughs> and it's always wonderful when I'm done, always good when I finally break business as usual and get to the gym. So, online viewers, if there is a way that you can come to service safely, do it. There's still time for you to get up and brush your teeth and be here for the 11 o'clock service. Come. Wear a mask if you must. Sit far away from everyone in our 750-seat auditorium. <laughs> Elbow bump, don't hug. But come if you can, because you're carrying a piece of the puzzle without which we are not complete. And if you absolutely cannot, I understand that in that case, please let us know that you are there. It's super easy on the other side of a screen to switch off when you're done. Send us a note, write to us, call us, leave a comment, say something. We need to know that you're there. It's important. I could tell you all of the reasons why it's good for you to make the habit of coming to services more frequently. I could lure you here with all of the plans for community connection in person that we've got going on behind the scenes. But in my heart, I want you to come home. On another note, because it's the giving intention season, I want to tell you about something. There's a lot of joy and happiness here in person, in the center, and wherever we are. 
And the center can appear to be a pretty upbeat place with people talking about their next best adventure and what's going on. But amidst, in the midst of all of this joviality and fun on any given day at the center, there are also among us people whose hearts are breaking, who are struggling. And in many cases, the situation can be assisted with the prayer practices that we offer, the spiritual practices that we offer. But there are also cases in which the situation could be greatly helped with some cash to lighten the burden. And we have a program for that. It's called our Member Assistant Program. And it provides one-time financial support for, for those times when money as well as the tender, loving reminder of the truth of your being, is needed. So we provide this one-time assistance for members, eligible members, and everyone who applies through the confidential process gets, in addition to the aid, the financial aid, prayer, a, a, a meeting with a prayer practitioner so they can get spiritual help untangling the knots so they can redirect their energy. Now, over the past years, we've paid, for example, the airfare for a member to visit a terminally ill parent on the other side of the nation. We've paid for the first and last month rent on an apartment for a member who needed to leave an abusive relationship that was quite dangerous. And we've been there for many of our members who've encountered sudden, unexpected economic challenges, some who had suddenly had health concerns or lost their ability to work and couldn't pay for their utilities and other things. So any staff member can help you get a confidential member assistance program application or you can download it from our website. And I wanted to tell you about that so you know that when you are contributing to the center, not only are you helping us to keep the doors open, but you're helping to fund programs like that as well as our nonprofit partner program where we support nonprofit organizations in the world that are doing work that resonates with our vision of a healthy, loving world. And, of course, after service today, you will find the Giving Intention team right out there, ready to answer your questions. Now, I've talked about it the last couple of weeks. This Giving Intention season is when we plan for next year. We're not asking for money. We're asking for a... Disclosure. What do you think you're going to give to the center next year so we can plan on that? So I can say we, are, we have about 200 forms received and we've got a ways to go. So if you haven't completed and you have no intention of doing one, please come and talk to me about it because I would want to try my very best to convince you to do it. <laughs> give me a chance because I can sell you anything. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> but if you feel that you don't want to talk to me about it, one of the Giving Intention team members, are there, and they're much more pleasant than I am. <laughs> so let us take a moment now to move within for prayer.
in the infinity of this moment where I am, all is whole and perfect and complete. And what I mean by that is that the living spirit is completely present in its undiluted form as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. That living spirit is life itself, the creative energy that is the source of all, the center of all, the meaning of all, the cause of all. And it is the cause of my life, and it is that which my life is made from. And this is true for everyone and every being. And so through this, our shared heritage, then I sense my unity with all that is. And I acknowledge that the creative energy of life flows through me, through my thoughts and my choices. And as such, I have a creative capacity that I may use to help, to heal, to connect. And so today I covenant to use it in that way to bring into expression the very best that I'm capable of doing, to do it for the love of the common good and to be a channel in this world for the loving expression of that spirit to the best of my ability. In deepest gratitude for this moment of prayer and the inspiration that it brings to me and to all who tune into it, I give thanks. And so it is.